right, let's give it to Jesus. I didn't say for me, let's give it to him. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the one that deserves all of our praise. And to him be all the glory. Come on, shout hallelujah. If you are excited to be here this afternoon, I wanted to shout a loud hallelujah. What a powerful way God started with us yesterday. And it can only get better. So let's give him praise for what he has already done in this convention. This convention of great things, God has been good to us. And it will get better and better and better. For the part of the just is as a shining light. It shines more and more onto the perfect day. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have again to gather. Thank you for the great and mighty way you started with us yesterday. Thank you for sending us your word with power. Thank you for sending us your grace. And we thank you, Father, for what you will yet do. Our hearts are open. We want more. We need you more. We ask that you will speak expressly to us. That at the end of this convention, each and every one of us will know that we've had an encounter with you. And that our life and our ministries will never remain the same again. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. If you believe that prayer, say better, amen. So before you take your seat, let me welcome your neighbor left and right. Say, you welcome to this convention of greater works. You're welcome to this convention of greater works. God is going to do great and mighty things in your life. In the name of Jesus. You may please be seated. I want to thank God for this privilege given to me by his grace to share with us this afternoon. I want to thank the convention planning committee. I want to thank, you know, our leaders the National Overseer, Associate National Overseer, and our National Secretary who have served us well for these years. They have done tremendously to bring us through the grace of God to where we are today. And I wanted to please, let's put our hands together for these great blessings that God has given us in North America. We do appreciate you, sirs, and we thank God for the grace upon your life, and we know it can only get better. In the name of Jesus Christ. This afternoon, I want to get quickly to it. We're talking about greater wisdom, greater works through wisdom and wealth. Greater works through wisdom and wealth. And I'm believing God that this convention will be the dawn of the season in your life. Where things which eyes have not seen which the ears have not heard, and which have not entered into the heart of man, will begin to manifest in your life. It will begin to manifest in government, North America. That's what greater work is. Never seen before. Never heard of before. So get ready for mind-blowing experiences with God as we step into this new season in the name of Jesus Christ. Because of the bravery of our time, I'm going to compress the things that I want to say to you 
And you know, I learned from our national visitor this afternoon. He said, I want to say one thing to you that will give you access to the other things that I desire that you would have. So when I looked at all of these, I want to say something to you that I believe will give you access to what is incorporated in this. Because if you get one, the other one will follow you. So I'm going to focus on that one so as to establish you in that principle and you will see the other one as a resulted effect of that one. So if they ask you to choose between wealth and wisdom, what would you choose? If you choose wealth, sometimes wealth takes wings and they fly away. Paul said, do not trust in uncertain riches. Actually, we have had people who had wealth and died broke. They inherited wealth or they won lottery. Just stumbled on wealth. And eventually, just a couple of years down the road, because... They lack the foundation of wisdom to maintain that the wisdom, the wealth disappears. Wealth without wisdom can be destructive. Wealth without wisdom can actually be dangerous. But if you have wisdom, eventually you will get wealth. No, 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 no. That's what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 to 9. Wisdom is the principal thing. It said, wait, therefore, get wisdom. It said, in all you're getting, get understanding. In chapter 8, it says, riches and honor are with me. Enduring riches and righteousness. It said, my fruit is better than gold. Yes, better than fine gold. And my revenue than choice silver. So when you get out of wisdom, automatically it comes, it comes eventually with wealth. You remember that Yoruba folklore story of a man who had so much great wealth. You know, and he had, you know, several slaves and he had a son. And when he was going to die, he said to his son, he says, you know, only one thing I'm going to give to you of all that I've got. All the rest go to these chief slaves. How many of you remember that story? You know, we read it many, many years ago in Yoruba folklore story. And uh, the, the time came for the word to be distributed. And the young man, you know, was confused. What am I going to choose? Should I just choose the house? Should I choose the, you know, the Lexus? Should I choose the limo? Should I choose? What do I choose? And he consulted with the elders. The elders gave him a wisdom. He said, this wisdom. We give you every other thing. They came, the, the, you know, the will is going to be executed. And the chief slave was already excited. That at the end of today, I'm the richest man in this community. At the end of today, I am going to be the biggest celebrity in town. But by wisdom, the young man pointed to one thing. And he pointed to the chief slave. That once you get the chief slave, 
you get every other thing. That's the principle, the foundational principle of wealth. Because wisdom is the key to true wealth. Anywhere you see righteous and enduring riches, wisdom is in operation. If you see resources flowing in ministry, you must know that wisdom is at work. And you do well to go learn from it. Solomon had excessive wealth. And the reason for that was wisdom. God said, because you've asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you all these other things. And in his lifetime, people were bringing him resources from far and near. When the king, queen of Sheba came to see him, he says that when she heard of the wisdom of Solomon, the Bible says she fainted. I've never heard this kind of wisdom before. But it was not just that when she was leaving, the kind of deposit of resources that she left in Jerusalem, the Bible says there has never been that level of perfume that the woman brought down there. Because wisdom has an attraction. Wisdom has an attraction. So, lack of resources in life and ministry, no matter where in the world, is traceable to lack of wisdom. Let me say it again. Lack of resources in ministry, no matter where, in the, it's not a matter of location. It's a matter of access to wisdom. So what is wisdom? I'm going to give you, just run through a couple of, you know, definitions here. And then I will run to the, you know, the heart of what I want to share with you. The number one definition that I want to take note of is that wisdom is the soundness of an action or decision with regard to application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment to produce a desired result. Wisdom is applied knowledge of the truth to achieve your goal or to solve any issue of concern. Wisdom is the knowledge of how to do something or solve a particular problem. It is the display of mastery, of the working knowledge of a particular field of endeavor. Wisdom is the know-how about your goal or issues of concern. Knowing the right thing to do or steps to take to make your goal and dreams a reality from the word of God and doing it. And doing it. You know, the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, wisdom is an active force. It's not a mental ascent. Not just an accumulation of information. It is what you do with what you know. Wisdom is not just an idea. It is the idea that produces desired results. Because it's not gambling. There are a lot of people who are gambling with their life, with their ministries. They just try this when I walk, try that when I walk, and you know, eventually they stumbled on the part of wisdom. But I heard someone said in ministry, he said, we are not where we are by accident. He said, if we are not where we are, I will be surprised. That's wisdom, a depth of wisdom. Knowing that if, if you put this in, this will happen. Wisdom is, 
and listen to this definition. And this is a definition by, you know, our father and the Lord, the national overseer, he said, wisdom is solving problems before it arises. How many of you have heard him say that before? Wisdom is solving a problem before it even shows up. And that's, you know, that, that manual that you just have, some of our leaders have in their hand, that is solving problems that have not even started at all. And that is wisdom. That's wisdom. Wisdom makes complex and complicated processes look simple. Things that are difficult, hard to accomplish. You just get out of it effortlessly. It looks like, so what are they doing? How are they getting it done? Wisdom is the fear of God. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom makes the impossible achievable. If you have not been able to achieve anything, something that you want to do, the issue there is wisdom. Once the wisdom is in place, no matter how difficult, it becomes impossible. They told the right brothers that it's impossible for a matter to fly in the air. It's because that wisdom was not yet available. The moment the aviation wisdom became available, you can fly a matter as big as here, bus 380 or Boeing 787 are conveniently, stably in the air for hours. Wisdom makes the impossible achievable. There is nothing that cannot be done. The gap is wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? Wisdom is thinking, talking, and acting like God. Because God himself is the fountain of wisdom. Your God is the father of all wisdom. Your God is the giver of all wisdom. He's the spring of wisdom. You talk, walk, and, and think like him. That's walking in wisdom. So, I want to show you what wisdom accomplishes. Maybe that will help you. And then maybe, you know, some other time we will talk about how you assess it. But I'm going to give you a few things that wisdom will do in your life. And that's the, that's the meat of it. Within the next, you know, 15 minutes, I want you to pay a close attention to what I'm about to say. Number one is that wisdom will generate mighty works. If you're going to generate greater works, there is a dimension of wisdom that generates greater works. The scripture says in Mark chapter 6 verse 2, they said, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Wisdom is the key to mighty works. If you're going to do anything resounding and remarkable in life, then there is a dimension of wisdom you have to operate in. Wisdom commands incredible faith. It produces unexplainable accomplishments. You cannot do mighty things, greater works without wisdom in place. Let me tell you, what we have seen by the grace of God in government North America in the past 10 years is a display of the wisdom of God. 
There is no way you would think like in, in, in 10 years ago that we would be where we are today. Because we were really in the hole. We were really in debt. I mean, many obligations go undone because there were no resources. But to God be the glory today, we are talking about buying a massive land, a massive resource center for the church, and we are even trusting and believing God that we can do it cash. And by the wisdom of God, it shall be done. Come on, somebody say with me, it shall be done. So listen, people of God, nothing great happens by accident. It happens by wisdom. Nothing great happens by accident. It happens by wisdom. Number two, wisdom produces unusual speed. The Bible says in Proverbs 3 verse 19, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth and by understanding he established the heavens. And he did that in six days. Six days. When you are crunched for time, what you need is wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I came from Texas. I could crawl from Texas to Maryland. Maybe after a thousand years, I will get here. It's possible, isn't it? I could decide to work. Maybe after some years, I will be here. I could decide to drive. Maybe after a whole day, I'll be here. But there is a wisdom of aviation that when you get on that plane, it crunches the distance and lands you here in about three hours. And you can go and come back the same day. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Wisdom brings you unusual speed. Some of you go to, you know, to Africa. In those days when the missionaries were going, they would travel for months on the water. But the moment the wisdom of aviation came into place, you can go within a week and not do anything you want to do and come back. Wisdom brings you unusual speed. Number three, wisdom makes you a great leader. Let me say it very clearly. The greatest asset in leadership is wisdom. I read that when Moses was going to pass to Joshua, the Bible says that, was a, that he passed on the spirit of wisdom to Joshua by the laying on of his hand. And the scripture says in Deuteronomy chapter 34 verse 9, it said, and the people obeyed him. The key ingredient in getting things done in leadership is wisdom. Because you see, human beings are not like machines. You know, sometimes you program in and program out for, for, for machines and you get what you want. But the people that you say the same thing today, they, they can give you different reactions all the time. Leadership is about leading wild people. And you know the people of Israel were white. God himself tells, says they are stubborn. But by the spirit of wisdom, they obeyed Joshua. They obeyed him. You know, it, it will give them, they'll follow. By the spirit of wisdom. That's what the scripture says. It says, so the children of Israel obeyed him. And Jesus was told, he said, beware of men. Because men can be complex and complicated. But you can tame the widest of men by the spirit of wisdom. And I'm believing God 
that that wisdom will be operational in your life, in your ministry, in the name of Jesus. Without wisdom, you cannot lead men well. You cannot. Number four, wisdom guarantees victory no matter the battle. A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increased strength. For by wise counsel, you will wage war. And in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. That's what Proverbs says in Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 6. And in verse 10, it says, If you faint in the days of adversity, it's because your strength is small. If you're thinking, you might be thinking that's muscular strength he's talking about. No, he's talking about wisdom right there. Because he says, wisdom makes one person more powerful than ten rulers in a city. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 19. Wisdom is the key. No, there is no battle that cannot be conquered. That's why you see nations investing in intelligence. They never go, America won't go to war until they have sufficient intelligence. You want to wage war with intelligence. A lot of people just go to, you know, they, they deal with issues, bunduku, just lay, go to meetings, bundu, they just, just go anyhow. And that's how you get the anyhow results. You understand what I'm saying? You got to, you got to wage war with wisdom. In business world, they call it strategy. Strategy. In fact, if you're praying to God, what you're praying to him is give me strategy. Because there is no battle that cannot be won. Number five, wisdom produces enlargement. It produces peace and stability. The scripture says about, about Solomon, it says he had peace. He had peace. If you're going to enjoy the peace of God in your marriage, it takes wisdom. Because the person you're dealing with is not a robot. He's a human being. Wisdom. It takes the wisdom of God to enjoy peace in ministry. Number six, it takes wisdom to build to last. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 25, he says, anyone that hears this saying of mine, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. He said, the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, yet it didn't fall. The key difference between the guy who could not build to last and the one who did was wisdom. Both of them had the, had the same material. But there was wisdom applied by one. He built on the rock. If you're going to do anything that will outlast you, if you're going to do anything that will endure, then you need wisdom. Friends, it takes more than money to build. It takes wisdom. If you don't have the money, you have the wisdom, you will eventually build because the wisdom will attract the resources that you need. They brought resources to Solomon from across the river. All the things that he needed, they brought it. Because wisdom is attractive. It attra is attractive. Number seven, wisdom solves and survives crises and conflicts. That scripture that Jesus said, he said the wind blew. 
Because listen very carefully. Let me tell you. In life, crises are normal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Both the guy that built on the rock and the one that built on the sand, they had the same attack. So it's not the problem, it's not the attack, it's not the crisis, it's not the conflict. The problem is how are you dealing with it? How are you dealing with it? I told our people last Sunday, I said if you live on this part of life, you will come to a point that you need something supernatural to rescue you. You cannot just live by your senses, by no more, and think like you're going to live victoriously for the rest of your life. A time will come that the answer to the issues of your life will be supernatural wisdom. You know, they brought an issue to Solomon, to two women. This one says, this is mine. This one said, that is mine. And by the wisdom of God, he resolved that crisis. And the scripture says, all through the land, they respected him for it. So don't, don't, don't be intimidated by the weight of the conflict or by the weight of the crisis. What you need to go for is wisdom to address it. Because wisdom provides solution no matter the problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There was a time polio was an issue in Africa. But it's been eradicated now by wisdom. You see, there were people who were crippled because of polio. You know, you come to a country like this, there is no malaria. It was eradicated by wisdom. And that is the largest cause of death in the tropical region. Wisdom can solve problems, no matter what it is. So instead of running helter scouter when you face difficulty, sit down and say, what is wisdom way out of this situation? Number eight, wisdom puts you in high demand. They said about Daniel, he had understanding of interpretations of dreams. Look at what they said about him in verse 11 of chapter 5 of the book of Daniel. He says, there is a man in your kingdom in whom the spirit of the holy God is, and in the days of your father, light, understanding, and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods who are found in him. Kings were looking for him because of wisdom. And there is somebody here this afternoon that by the operations of the spirit of wisdom coming on your life from this greater world's convention, you will be well sought out in your faith. Your ministry will become well sought out in the name of Jesus. They went and looked for Joseph from the prison. They said, there is some wisdom with that guy. And by that wisdom, he resolved the crisis that would have wrecked a whole nation. When you carry solution, you become an attraction. Let me say it again. When you carry solution, you become an attraction. Wisdom will put you in demand in high places of the earth. I was a core member, you know, just serving, and I was already, you know, exposed to some areas of, of development. When I mean development, socioeconomic development. And I was just doing my thing. Suddenly, I was just a core member, and the governor of the whole state, they had a, they come and sent for me. I was serving a church, and they sent for me. They said, there was this young man, and they, they, 
the way they sped me into, you know, the cabinet meeting of the old state, I was just, I was not even prepared. They just said they want to see you in the cabinet meeting. Wisdom makes you a sought-out person. It brings you before kings, before me. I mean, there are places that I cannot even begin to talk about that I've, that I've walked in. Wisdom brings promotion. It says in, in Proverbs 4 verse 8, it said, exalt her and she will promote you. If you are promoted by manipulations, by, you know, it's a matter of time you will destroy yourself. Because we have people who are placed in position that are higher than their wisdom. Oh, let me say it again. When you put people in position that are higher than their level of wisdom, what you have created for yourself is conflict, is crisis. It's just a matter of time. Number 10, wisdom makes you excellent. They said, as for these four guys, God gave them knowledge and skills in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams, in all matter of wisdom and understanding, about which the king examined them. Anything you ask him, he had an answer. And they found him to be ten times better by the spirit of wisdom. So, no matter the competition, wisdom will make you excel. They had the magicians of the world. Because some of you are in the marketplace, and there are people who come to the marketplace with all kinds of portfolios. Whether, you know, natural or, or, or from the dark, they come with all kinds. But there is no intimidation because by the spirit of wisdom operating in your life, you can be ten times better than them. Wisdom will make you to catch up with others, no matter how far they have gone. Peter said about, about Paul in, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, it says, and consider the long suffering of the Lord is your salvation. Also, our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him. By the spirit of wisdom, he came out as an, he was the, almost the last one. But he came out, you know, beyond everybody. That even till today, some of us even, you know, we still read more of the words of Paul than even what Christ, what Christ wrote. And he never saw Christ in his, in his real life. There was no record of him having any encounter or meeting with Jesus when he was here. But by the spirit of wisdom, it brought us so much a level of revelation that till Jesus come, it will still be a pillar of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no way you preach the gospel that you won't reference the man Paul by the spirit of wisdom. Wisdom generates creativity. He said, by wisdom, God founded the earth. He said, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Creativity is generating new ideas to solve old problems. Because Albert Einstein said, he said, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. So if you're going to solve a particular problem, you've got to go to a higher level of thinking. You can think in the same realm where you were when the problem was created. Creativity is inspiration that gives birth to new things that improves the life and livelihood of people. Wisdom gives birth to new things. And I say to God for me, North America, 
He said, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. He said, see, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I make a way through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the wastelands. That's the word of the Lord. Number 13, wisdom connects you to the anointing. There is a connection that I find, you know, with wisdom and the anointing. They said the wise men, they traveled all the way and they came to seek Jesus. They came to seek his presence. They said the wise virgins had oil. The other one did not. And the only difference between the two of them, I read it again, was that one group had oil. The other one did not. Wisdom is the key to it. It just tells you what to do to preserve the anointing, to protect it, to propagate it. I have seen people who are anointed without impact. Because when wisdom is in operation with your anointing, it begins to magnify the impact of your ministry. Haven't you seen people that you wonder, what is special with them? When they talk, you just wonder what is special with them. But the impact of their life and ministry is incommensurable. It's the force of wisdom in operations in their life. Wisdom generates godly confidence. Ecclesiastes 6.8.1 says, Who is like a wise man? And who knows the interpretation of things? He said, a man's wisdom makes his face to shine. And the sternness of his face is changed. There is a godly confidence that comes with the spirit of wisdom. It gives you boldness. You are not intimidated. You are not timid. You are confident. You have a confident assurance that no matter what it is, there is a way out. There is always a wisdom way out. Wisdom makes you calm no matter what is going on around you. One of the things that the, the ANO said during our meeting is that he learned to be calm under pressure watching the national overseer because no matter the weight, his countenance won't change. I just want to, you know, he just looks straight no matter what is going on. There is a confidence that comes you may not have the answer right on the spot, but you know it will come. Because the spirit of wisdom is at work. And finally, this wisdom puts you in command of principalities and powers. To the intent that the, that the wisdom of God might be made known by, to the, by the church, to the principalities and to the powers. Pharaoh said to, to, to Joseph, he said, all my princes will be judged by you because of wisdom. That was at him. He said in, in, in Psalm 105 verse 17, he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold a slave. He said they hurt him. They, they put him in fetters. They laid him in irons until the time his word came. And the word of the Lord tested him. The Bible said in verse 20, the king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. Verse 21, he made him lord of his house. 
and ruler of all his possessions. To bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his elders wisdom. It has nothing to do with age. It has nothing to do, you know, it has nothing to do with how long you've been there. It has to do with the spirit of wisdom. I want you to rise up on your feet. Job said, this kind of wisdom, I don't know where it comes from. He was talking to his friend. He said, but where can this wisdom be found? In Job chapter 28 from verse 12. He said, and where is the place of understanding? He said, man does not know his value, nor is it found in the land of the living. The kind of wisdom that I'm telling you about, you can find it in Harvard. You can go to the Ivy League, it's not, it's not there. He said, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. It's much more than gold. He said, I look to the end of the earth and it's not there. He said, then I saw and I heard that it has been prepared. Indeed, it searched out. He said in verse 23, God understands its way. And he knows the place of that wisdom. God understands it. That's why the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 5, If anyone lacks wisdom, ask of me. Ask of me. Now, there is going to be a baptism of the spirit of wisdom right here, right now. Because the God of wisdom is in the house. Now, I want you to lift up your hand to heaven and ask him. Ask him. Ask him. The fountain of wisdom himself is here. Ask him. The next level you're going to require a next level wisdom. Ask him for it. Ask him for it. Job said, is the way is not known to, to deliver. He said, but God knows his way. God can give that wisdom. Lift up your hands to heaven. Lift up your hands to heaven. Just ask him today. Just ask him today. I need you, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, and I come to thee, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every I need you, oh bless me now, my Savior, and I go to thee. Now my everlasting portion, more than life, hold it to me all along. My pilgrim journey, Savior, let me walk with you, close to you, oh, close to you, close to He asked Solomon, what do you want me to do for you? 
He could ask for anything, but he said, give me a wise and understanding heart. Why not ask him today? Why not ask him today? Why not ask him today? Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom is the principal thing. He said, with all you're getting, get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. So the Lord asked me to do something. And I want to just invite our Father in the Lord, the National Overseer. You know, the Bible said that Moses, Joshua had the spirit of wisdom because Moses laid hand on him. And I'm going to talk more about this on Sunday. How it comes. But I just want him as a father over this house. To pronounce that word of wisdom over the house. Because I tell you by the grace of God working with him over these years. Everybody that works with him knows that there is a spirit of wisdom on his life. And I just want him to, you know make that pronouncement of that impartation that that spirit of wisdom will become the natural phenomenon in North America you see Pastor Ajari said yesterday that you come into that realm that the supernatural becomes the normal that by that spirit of wisdom you just come into normal operation all of our churches all of our businesses all of our all that we do in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's put our hands together as we receive Him. Let's put our hands together. When I was given the unmerited opportunity to be the national servant, over this commission. Immediately after that, I proceeded to Nigeria for the International Convention in 2012. One afternoon, I fell flat before the altar and I asked for only one thing. Only one thing. I said, God, I'm not asking for any other thing that I could have asked for. But all I need from you is the fear of God. Just give me the grace to fear you. The most dangerous thing you can do is to give a man who lacks the fear of God power. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The most dangerous thing you can do is to put a man who lacks the fear of God in the position of authority.
So I said, Lord, just give me the grace to fear you. That's all I asked for. But you know, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. I think the problem of Solomon was that he asked for wisdom. He didn't ask for the fear of God. So he had wisdom and all that God told him not to do. That's what he did. God said, you know, don't multiply horses. He did that. Don't marry many wives. He did that. Even though he asked for wisdom. Without the fear of God, you go nowhere. So, instead of praying for wisdom for you, I pray that you will fear the Lord. So, wisdom, sh- oh. I don't want to go into preaching mode. Wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your time. But the fear of God is the key. The problem we have today all around the world is that we have people coming into position of authority that lacks the fear of God. All around the world. Without the fear of God, you cannot be a good wife. Without the fear of God, you cannot be a good Without the fear of God, you cannot be a good minister. Lift up your two hands. As the man of God was just ministering, I was, I was down there just crying, Lord, give me wisdom. I don't have it. Just give it to me. I didn't know that he would call me here to do this. Just lift up your two hands and just ask the Lord give me the grace to fear you. And one thing that can, that can rob you of it is to think that you have it. You can be smart and not wise. You can be smart. When people talk like you, you really figure out what to do. That will inhibit godly wisdom. I want to repeat that. Smartness will inhibit godly wisdom. You will think that you have it, but you don't. Because wisdom manifests by the offspring it brings. Every one of us, let's say, Lord, just give us the grace to fear you. Oh, my journey, Savior, let me walk with thee. My everlasting portion. More alive will strengthen me all along my pregnant journey. Savior, let me walk with thee. Thou my everlasting portion. More than strength alive to be. My pilgrim journey, Savior, let me walk with thee, close to thee, 
close to thee, close to thee, close to thee. <laughs> All along my pilgrim's journey, Savior, we walk. Lift up your two hands, Lord. We humble ourselves before you. You are the giver of wisdom. But our path is to fear you. In fact, the reason for the sevenfold spirit of God is to land you in the fear of God. So there shall come upon you the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of might, the spirit of counsel. The spirit of the fear of God that it will make you to be of quick fear. Quick fear. Quick fear. Lord, we want to fear you quickly. We want to fear you quickly. We want to fear you quickly. And when we have the fear of God, then the wisdom of God will flow in. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. Because you have answered us. And we begin to see the manifestation. Greater works through wisdom and wealth. Thank you, Father, for your son that you have used for us. Increase his anointing. Sharpen him more, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Give a shout offering to the Lord, everybody. Mm.